Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Empty Opinions Podcast. I'm your host, Olari Blanco. This is episode 172. And if you're thinking, wait, I thought episode 172 already released. No, it didn't. And the only thing I'm going to get into right now before the episode actually gets started, I want to be talking about something, you know, personal, just updating my personal life. It's one of those things that I do to begin these episodes because I like to put a little of myself out there in order for people to connect. You know, as much as I say, I don't want people to create some sort of parasocial relationship with me. It's still fun just to just talk about shit that you're going through. You know, it's like an audio diary or journal. You know what I mean? So that's what I use this podcast for. Mostly is for free therapy. So I'm going to exercise that right that I have as a podcaster to talk about myself, because if I'm not talking about myself in a podcast and what the fuck is even the point, what I'm going to talk about is. Something interesting I've been going through in the past couple of days that I haven't felt in a while, and it's a crush. <laughs> Alrighty, this sounds so fucking up my own ass, kind of like self-centered, but whatever, I don't care. Because it's an interesting, you know, th- I've been having a lot of thoughts, like reflecting on the idea of having a crush. And I guess I haven't had a crush like this in a while where like you connect with someone and it's like, damn. There's like this connection is already built and I don't know if other people have felt this, but the way I'm feeling about it right now, it's like, you know, when you hang out with someone for a good amount of time and a lot happens in that time and you almost feel like you've gone through like a week of talking to them or something. That's kind of how it feels to me because I met with someone that I spent a good amount of time with and so much happened in that time that I felt like I got a real good bonding experience with them. And now it's just like, at first I wasn't sure if I had a crush or not, but then after the next couple of days came, I realized, oh, okay, I do have a crush because I can't stop thinking about them. That's the thing that's really crazy that I haven't had in a long time. Like just somebody who you absolutely cannot stop thinking of in any situation, in any scenario. And I realized, dang, I haven't had a crush like this in a while. And I realized how fun it is to have a crush, like how innocent those that beginning stage is of like you forming like certain emotions for someone like that stage of it is great. But the thing that I realized about myself is that (laughs) that's where my worst tendencies start bubbling because that's where I really can get off the hinges, right? Because maybe I'm like an addict or I have an addict brain or something, or, you know, I don't know, but like I take things to an 11 to like an extreme. And if there's a good feeling, I'm feeling like the same, you know, like saying I I got a crush on someone like I like that feeling. And so my first instinct is like, well, I gotta have it. You know, I got to have it again and I got to I got to have it often and I got to have it as much as I can because I love this feeling and I want to get high off of it. And that's what I want. And you can't stop me. That's kind of the way that I was for a good two to three days, which is crazy. Like after meeting this person, I just literally could not stop thinking about them. And all I could all I could think is just like, okay, how can I get more dopamine rushes like I'm feeling right now? Like, where can I get it from? Like. Do I ask them out to, you know, go see a movie? Do I ask them out to do this? Do I ask them out to do that? It's like it becomes all consuming for me. And that's the problem. And I think that's where I'm actually now as I'm growing older and maturing, I'm learning to kind of control those urges as much as I can. And I gave in to them right away because, again, my first instinct is to just like, oh, I enjoyed hanging out with this person. So I want to do it 
10 more times in a span of three days. Like that's where I go with it. And like, again, I get consumed with it. So all I can start thinking about is this person. Um, and thank the Lord I've been able to control myself, but that was like uh, a struggle with myself. It was just like, all right, guy, relax, you know, just <laughs> take it easy. You know, you don't have to act upon these emotions. That's the biggest thing I'm learning. Like for the longest, even now, like my first instinct is to act upon whatever urges or emotions I have, whether it's good or bad, whether it's like a crush or like anger towards someone, you know what I mean? Or like confrontation, it's either confrontation or like it's confrontation either way, but it could be either positive or negative. That's where my head goes because I can't just sit still with these emotions. No way. I need to do something about it. Either get more of it or like get hurt. I don't know, you know, but it's so crazy, man. And just, you know, I feel like everybody has experienced this idea of like when you meet someone and you feel like you just connect with them right away. Uh, there's a lot of little things that are like, it's like little synchronicities that happen. And you're like, wait, you listen to that too? Or like you watch that too? Or like you read that too? It's like, wait, what? It's like things you thought only you knew about that you find that other people know about. And then it's just how easy you connect with them the way that i phrased it and again i feel like i'm going back to my old ways with this podcast where like if you listen to the earlier episodes of this podcast it was literally just me just rambling about my entire personal life and putting a lot of details into this shit because i just feel like nobody's gonna listen to it and most of the time they didn't but sometimes they did and that was funny and most of the time most people watch and or know what's happening with the podcast so even when i feel like Ah, it's just this little podcast. I'm just talking to myself in a room because that's just what it is. I'm by myself in my apartment recording this podcast. Turns out other people can see what I'm saying, you know? And so I don't want to get too specific because that's a problem I've had in the past. I get too specific, but like that feeling of like when you meet someone and then it feels like you've known them for a long time, like that's how well you connect. That's a strange feeling, but also... It kind of a wild experience because it's like, then it gets you to thinking about deep topics like reincarnation and like puzzle pieces, like this idea of soulmates of like, you know, are we really as people just like puzzle pieces, just looking for the other piece. And as well, as soon as we find it, it's just like, it fits perfect. And you know, how much of that connecting of the pieces is just like overthinking that stops it. I don't know. I got really into that sort of thinking over the past couple of days. Um, and the, the one thing that I am going to do is obviously going to keep that to myself again, because this will be new for me. Typically I would just like make those feelings be known, you know, like almost get rid of the anxiety that comes from it because having a crunch can give you anxiety. Like those butterflies in your stomach, is just anxiety. Right. And I've realized over the years that those butterflies in your stomach are there because you feel yourself in a state where you feel out of control based on how you've acted in the past when you've had those certain emotions. That's actually pretty interesting. That's like, if you want to get really deep with it, like that's why people get butterflies in their stomach when they meet somebody new and they really like is that they know what let's just call it love because I don't know what else to kill it, call it that feeling can lead you to make decisions that are not good for you because you're not thinking rationally, you're thinking emotionally. 
and then it's your body like yo when you think emotionally bad things happen so chill it buddy uh and that's where i'm at where i'm like trying to listen to my brain and not my anxiety trying to live with the anxiety uh of just not doing anything you know just like feeling even though my body's telling me do something i'm just like not gonna do anything most of the time that we get anxiety it is our body telling us to do something but then we end up doing the wrong thing and so in order for me to not do the wrong thing i'm just not gonna do anything i think that's just a safe way to live life you know and also as a way for me to not get entangled in some shit that it probably end up like crazy right like there's also a little part of myself that knows it's like if you pursue this question you have it's gonna lead to so much shit good and bad you know that's the thing you never know it's a gamble but like you gotta relax because if you throw yourself in this in this hole if you throw yourself full into this hole you don't know what the fuck is gonna happen and i'm used to, i'm used to you know falling off the deep end without any parachutes or like safety nets and i'm learning to not do that but all that to say i got a crush guys <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, all that psycho babble to explain that I have a crush and haven't felt this kind of a crush in a long time, which again is why I have the anxiety is very dangerous. And even me talking about this, I think it's giving me anxiety because it can lead to something else. It's like, whatever. I just wanted to give you guys an update into my life. You know, the latest chapter into the book of EP, I, I guess you could call it. But yeah, that's enough about me. Let's jump into the episode. Actually, let's not jump into the episode just yet. The last thing I'm going to say before we actually jump into the episode is EmptyOpinions.com. That's the website where you can go to. You can see everything happening in the Empty Opinions universe, the Empty Opinions podcast, Empty Reactions, Empty Pages, our book club with me and D, D and I. Sorry. As somebody who's in a book club, I should know grammar better than that. The Empty Playlist where every Saturday I compile nine songs, the best nine songs of the week. You know, the Empty Blog. I haven't done a blog in a while, but those are going to come soon enough since I'm finally graduating college and I'll have plenty of time now to write up as much as my heart desires. And I'm trying to think what else there's a newsletter that I haven't sent out because I just don't have enough emails. You know what the fuck? I'm just going to send it to two people. No, I need more people. And also I guess I'm not doing that much, whatever. It's a bunch of shit in the empty opinions website that you could just go there and check it out. So there you go. Emptyopinions.com. Go check it out. And now the first topic I want to talk about is that Justin Bieber has dropped a new song called Honest featuring Don Tolliver. And I literally only heard the first half of the song because to me, it sounded God awful. Like, you know, and I knew Don Tolliver was in the song. So you know how bad your song has to be for me not even want to get to Don Tolliver's part, who I know did good because Don Tolliver doesn't do bad. Like all his shit, even his poppiest shit is always catchy and melodic and good. He's just that kind of artist. But it's like the first half of this song is fucking bad. Like, I don't know what the fuck it's up with Justin Bieber trying to do these trap songs, but it just doesn't work. Like, I feel like it only succeeded once when he dropped journals. And after that, it's gone to shit. Like he just can't get that vibe to make it sound good. But we're going to react to the song. I'm going to play it with you guys to see if... Maybe I judged it too harshly when I first heard it, or I wasn't paying enough attention, but I'm going to watch a video and uh, hopefully that would be fun if I watch it now for the second time and I'm like, oh, never mind. This is actually good. I doubt it, but we'll see. 
see already i'm sorry but i, I don't want to do this where like i'll start a video and stop it right away but justin bieber in a ski mask tells me this song is not going to be good because justin bieber is not the type of individual that should be wearing a fucking ski mask <laughs> it just doesn't make sense it doesn't match and that is his problem with the music is making it doesn't match Like, man, Don Tolliver alone could kill this beat. That's my issue with this. I hate it. I hate his flow on this. Like, the super, like, laid back and, like, spacious. Like, the amount of time he's letting in between these words. I know a lot of people do to give it that kind of cool sound. But Justin Bieber is just not cool. So when he does it, it comes across as boring, like honest, like four seconds of like the beat going. That's not swaggy when Justin Bieber does it. Don Tolliver could probably pull it off. Not Justin Bieber. It doesn't sound good. I'm sorry, but whatever the fuck at Black Scent Justin Bieber is doing in this song, it's not working. What happened to the journal's Justin Bieber? Like, I don't, I don't understand how you can make an album that fucking good. And even after that album, there was like, you know, the album after that, that he had a couple of like hip hop and R&B songs that came out that were good. But ever since Yummy came out, I feel like all his trapped, all his trap efforts have gone awful, like bad, bad. I don't, I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know if it's like a monster situation where like somebody took Justin Bieber's like modicum of fucking swagger. You know what I mean? Like a modicum of his swag and just put it in someone else. Maybe, maybe it all went to the kid Leroy. I don't know. Nah, it doesn't work. Okay. Okay. This sounds pretty good. That part was good. When you switch the flow up, it's that spacious chorus. And the fact that it's a chorus, it is a chorus I just remembered. It's not good. I hate that chorus. Maybe that's what threw me off about the song. The chorus was just so fucking bad. I was just like, I can't give this song much of a chance at all. What the fuck is he doing? What is that? Like, he's just trying to... He's forcing it. It doesn't sound good. I hate how that sounds. That sounds fucking awful, bro. That's wild. I hate that so much. Like, that little... Like, you know, when people try to add sound effects to their verses, I know Nardo Wick does it a lot. He actually pulls it off. Future pulls it off. Justin Bieber does not. Trinity, you like three and one. Ratio 10 to one. You get spicy. I like that occasion on you. On occasion, that's your testimony. I don't know, bro. I think Justin Bieber should never be on this type of beat. Maybe the beat is just too good. And I feel like Justin Bieber doesn't know what to do with this beat. And that's why it sounds boring. It does sound boring. Like, it's not even, like, 
cool enough where it could be a vibe. It's not a vibe at all. I, I don't know. Something's missing, and I'm trying to get to the bottom of what it is. But now you guys see why I, I couldn't even get to the Don Tolliver part. Because this was, like, irritating. You know, Justin Bieber trying to do this, he just didn't work for me whatsoever. I like that hazel on it. I look straight in your eyes, holy matrimony. Yeah. See, they're going to keep showing Justin Bieber in that ski mask, and it just doesn't work. I'm sorry, JB. You know, it's just not good. It's not what you should be doing. And especially, you can't do this type of song if you do a Christian song with Chance the Rapper. It's still, it, you know, it doesn't, it, I'm sorry. It's just, you can't do both. You're modest, I like it. I hate this chorus you so much. Down, you're the baddest, the baddest. I Find fucking despise this chorus. I popped it. Uh, the beat is good. Me, the, the beat is good. I honestly, I hate this chorus so much. I actually just want to skip it and go to Don Tolliver's verse. I'm going to have to do that because if I hear more of this, it's going to make me just end the song altogether. You kept it real with me from jump. It's 23 when you get done. I put it in and that's your song. Yeah. Honest. Come on, alright. See, see, this is what I'm saying already. How funny is that? Like, Don Tolliver coming in and doing the chorus again, or doing that kind of, like, delivery that Justin Bieber was doing the entire song that did not work. Don Tolliver came in and did it right. You know why? Because that's what Don Tolliver does. This is not what Justin Bieber does. So it's never going to work. It always is going to come out, like, you know, uh, uh, it's not going to come out genuine. It doesn't feel genuine. It feels like Justin Bieber trying to do a trap song and trying to, you know, make a really popular trap song. If anything, no, I was going to say that he's going to try to do a Kid Leroy, but he's not because even now, because now Kid Leroy is doing what Justin Bieber should be doing. I feel like the Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber switch spots where like now the Kid Leroy is doing all the pop songs and Justin Bieber is trying to do these melodic trap songs. They should go back. They need to switch again. Come on. Come on. See, this is the only thing. You know how people sometimes do a this person only version of a song? Like, I need to hear this song, but like a Don Tolliver only version. Because Don Tolliver is going right now. Better watch your mouth, gotta pick us high before you jump and leap. I was selling the nickels and dimes and dubs and cracking my socket ain't me. Baby, I like it. Hey. I'm gonna pull that double out to your crib just for once. It's 23 when you get done. Hey. Me and JB, you smoke scum. Alright, so here's the thing. I like that Justin Bieber had Don Tolliver on as a, you know, as a feature on what I'm assuming is going to be a pretty pushed single, right? Like, I'm sure, like, his label and Justin Bieber himself, they're going to try to push this song as hard as they can. So I like that. But again, the fact that Justin Bieber could not keep up with what Don Tolliver did at all in this track is kind of, it's kind of sad. All right, I'm done. 
I don't think I don't know. There's still like a minute left of the video, but I just really wanted to hear what Don Tolliver did on this song. I hadn't heard that part. I'd only heard Justin Bieber's pathetic attempt at that type of melodic trap. So, you know, shouts out to Don Tolliver. His profile keeps rising. He has a couple of like real hit songs out now. So, you know, that's cool. I like that he's blowing up Don Tolliver because he's actually, you know, very talented. Not that Justin Bieber's not, but like, you know, I'm not going to say it. All right, let's move on. <laughs> All right. The next topic I was going to talk about again, it was going to be the Elon Musk buying Twitter thing, which I've been trying to avoid for a very long time. And I almost gave in because I didn't see any other topic I could talk about. But then as I started to catch myself talking about it, I realized how little I give a fuck about that. Like I have nothing to say about Elon Musk buying Twitter. It could be, you know, hopefully Elon Musk doesn't mess it up. Honestly, realistically, I don't think much is going to change. And if it does, it's probably going to change for the better. And if it does change for the, I'm sorry, not for the better, for the worse. If it does change, it's going to change for the worse. And then if it changes for the worse, there's going to be a new social media similar to Twitter that's going to bubble up. And that's going to be the cool one. I just can't already see it. I don't think this is that big of a deal. Honestly, it is kind of wild that Elon Musk just want individuals planning to make this huge social media platform known as Twitter, a private company. You know what I mean? And he has all the say in it. That's a little wild and scary. But to be honest, I think that actually gives me hope. Like, I like that he bought it and that he's going to try to make all the decisions or like that he can have a lot of influence on what's going to happen with the app because it means it's going to go bad. Like, I don't think it's going to be good. I don't think it's ever good when one person has all that power. I mean, Kanye West said it a very long time ago, but so I'm not going to talk about fucking that. You know, I'm just going to talk about Future's album just came out. I never liked you. Matter of fact, is at the time I'm recording this, Future released a deluxe version of the album with like six more songs, which is weird because the album just came out. So why the fuck are you adding six more songs three days after the album comes out? I don't understand that at all. Also, I don't really like deluxe versions where like they replace what the actual album was, you know, like now you can't find the original album, you know, now it's like, this is the album. And so in my head, when I'm judging it and you change it to a deluxe, now I have to take into consideration all the new songs. And then that's going to throw me off because if I like, let's say 16 out of 16, but then I end up liking just, I don't like any of the new songs I felt that were like useless. You know, then I'm just like, oh, so it's not as good as I thought because you made it more bloated. I don't like, I don't know. There's something about deluxe albums that I just ignore. I want to see what you put out first. I feel like deluxes are kind of like, they're really cheat codes. They're meant for people to sell more records. I feel like ever since Lil Uzi dropped that deluxe early 2020, when he dropped Eternal Take, and then he dropped Lil Uzi Vert versus the World 2 as the deluxe so like a new album as a deluxe ever since that happened i feel like everybody's now trying to catch up to that because they sold a lot of records doing that so i never trust when they do this and i never really pay attention to it even though i know it's more music especially if it's an album i like like i know genevieve she's an r&b artist she recently dropped a deluxe version that i haven't even checked out because it's just something about deluxes that i just don't like i don't like them changing what the album was already like, why couldn't you make that the album? Why then now make it a deluxe? I don't know. There's something about it I don't like, but 
Regardless, I'm going to be talking about Future's album because I feel like I have more to talk about with that as opposed to fucking Elon Musk buying Twitter. Uh, I feel like I'm more passionate about one of those two things. Listen, here's what I'll say. This album is great. And it's interesting how divisive this album is. I feel like the bigger an artist is, the more divisive all their releases become. Because it kind of reminds me of when Drake dropped. Because that was really anticipated when Drake dropped that album, Certified Lover Boy. And I think that anticipation is what made a lot of people say, it's the worst album of all time, this shit sucks. Um, but even when that dropped, that was always consistent and like, no, I feel like this album's pretty good. It's just, I don't know, y'all are expecting Donda or something? Like, I don't know what people were expecting with, the, with that album. I thought it was pretty good for Drake standards. And, you know, I feel like for future standards, I think this is a great album. You know, I, did, I didn't understand where the divisiveness came from. Like, I didn't understand why there was so many people saying, this is not even one of his, like, mid-albums. Like, this is a bad album. This is a bad future album. And I'm like, really? Like... Did these people listen to Beast Mode 2? I don't know. It's been a long time. I only remember one song from that album. But I'm just saying, like, Future has a lot of projects. And there's so many, like, standout tracks in this that I don't feel like you can call it a bad album. You know what I mean? Like, there's a lot of big songs in this. Like, Chickens with ESTG. That's a big hit. The intro is one of the best intros Future has ever done. And I feel like a lot of people are in agreement with that. The second track, I'm That Guy, I don't know. That one's like, I know people like that one. That's the, probably one of the more mid songs on the album. But then Keep It Burning, a lot of people thought it was mid. I really loved it. I loved the energy that Ye came through with. And, you know, I just love that beat. It's crazy. I don't know. The energy felt like almost like workout energy. And for that energy alone, I liked it. Then For Nut is an insane song that obviously was recorded in the same session than Push and P was because it feels like obviously the same three people and it gives me that similar vibe, especially with the beat switches and shit. I'm sure this was like a two-pack. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more songs like Push and P, like Push and P, For Nut, and more of those, like probably a good EP worth of songs like that, where it's just gonna feature and Young Thug, like going, you know, doing their verses and over a, over a really cool and creative borderline experimental beat so i liked it for that i didn't love it it's not one of my favorites one of my favorites is definitely puffing on suities It's definitely one of the best songs of the year you cannot convince me of it otherwise and i saw a video where i saw people talking about that this originally was supposed to be roddy rich's beat which i feel like if imagine if this beat was on live live fast roddy rich's last album would they still hate that album as much as people do? That's another album that, similar to Certified Lover Boy, I feel like people can separate their bias and or their expectations for what a thing is. And even though I was very excited for that album, and it was disappointing based on the hype that he threw on it, when I take out all the expectations and I just listen to it for what it is, it's a good album. It's not a bad album. It's not a mid album. It's good. But because he hyped it up so much, People didn't like it, you know, and so, and people, bro, people moved on quick. I feel like people gave it one listen and said, fuck it. I don't even want to try to listen to any of the songs that were good because there were objectively good songs in there. Don't I, More Than a Trend, Roller Coasting, The Last Song, 25 Million, those off the top of my head. Like, those were pretty good songs. The, the one with 21 Savage, like, he, th there were some great songs in that album, but people just kind of dismissed the album just 
off of first listen and off of narrative. He didn't live up to his high expectations, then this album's trash, and I'm never listening to it again. That's how it felt to me. Uh, Gold Stacks, I love the flow that he had on there. It was like, it almost like an E40 flow. <laughs> that's what, if you guys don't know, that's my interpretation or my <laughs> my version of what an E40 track would sound like. It gave me like E40 vibes for sure, that flow that he had on there. That's why it was memorable to me. It was like, oh, I never heard Future doing one of these flows before. Obviously, Wait For You is one of the standout tracks. That's one of those that obviously Future wants to push i'm sure there's gonna be like a single at some point and it's too good not to be it feels like the perfect summer song is very chill tem's going crazy one of those artists that ever since she was on drake's album no even before she was on drake's album when she was on that song with whiz kid like that you know and it do good to my body like that song i don't remember what it's called but ever since she appeared in that song she kind of blew up and now everything she does apparently is just great so i love that for that love you better close to mid it's still good but it was close to mid to me because it was so it's very short it's only like two minutes same with misogyny there's a lot of these really short songs that ultimately are probably some of the coolest ones because they just hit you like a one-two punch you know love you better is short and then going into misogyny i love the change in pace with those two tracks back to back that's one thing i don't know about the six new tracks but in terms of sequencing i think this album is very well sequenced then you go from misogyny to Chickens, I already mentioned one of the standout tracks. ESCG went crazy on it. He's probably, if he continues on the run that he's in, he's got to be like those little baby levels of like anticipation and popularity at some point. Hopefully. We just want to get high. Very toxic future song. Just saying, yo, me and your girl just want to get high. And regardless, I don't give a fuck what you say because she's my girl too. So we're just going to have to share her. You know, because <laughs> I'm not going to back off. Insanely toxic, but I love that. Even this, the title is funny. Kodak Black on Voodoo saying his ass off. Very introspective chorus and like bars that he had in there. Similar to his best. Like whenever, whenever Kodak Black is in his introspective, very melodic bag, that's how you know an album is going to be good. So I loved when he did that. And Holy Ghost, I mean, that's one of those beats that, those building beats, I love building beats, like beats that just keep going and going and going, just keep building and adding shit and adding shit. By the time the horns, the, the fucking, you know, epic orchestral horns and, and, and choir comes in and uh, like halfway through the song, like that's when I was like, oh yeah, oh good damn. Like I feel like everybody had that reaction when you got halfway through and you just hear that, ha, 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 like you just hear the, the choir and the horns going crazy in the background. That already puts it in a level of its own. The way things going, I loved. I love those kind of beats. Like, similarly, I liked a Rilo Rodriguez song that came out a while ago called Set Me Free. That are almost like, they're they're sample heavy. They use a catchy melody as a sample and then go crazy on it. And ob obviously, this is a very hard-hitting beat with the drums and shit. I don't know that much about music. I'll be trying to act like I do. Like, the drums were so hard-hitting. Who the fuck am I? Whatever. That's actually one of my favorites, but just because personal preference, I think above all, I'm on one. The only good thing about this song was, I think Drake's verse. I think everything besides, I think the chorus is kind of lacking. You know, I think Future's verse was okay, but Drake's second half of the verse to be specific was very, very good. The only really memorable thing about this track. And then back to the basics, 
before the deluxe came out. Ending the song with the lyrics, after we fuck, let me cry on your shoulder or something like that. Incredible way to win the album and just a very sullen album after that. That's just cool. And then I haven't heard any of the, you know, deluxe tracks. Hopefully they're good, but I don't even want to think about them in terms of the album. So for that alone, for everything I just explained, I think it's definitely like an eight out of 10, in my opinion. It's just a very, very good future album. And like future was trying to promote this album as an event album. And I think it definitely delivers in that front because there's been future albums in the past that I felt like just dropped. Like I feel like the wizard and high of life were two albums that just kind of dropped. And I don't think he was really trying to promote them. I think with this one, there was a full court press to promote this album. And so with that amount of like hype that he was building, the fact that it did leave up to it, even if it didn't exceed your expectations, if it merely lived up to it, it's definitely at least a pretty good album. All right. And the last topic I want to talk about before I get to the next segment of the podcast is going to be talking about this DDG tweet. That was very interesting that on its surface seems kind of ridiculous, but I feel like it sparks a lot of controversy and conversation and this type of tweet breaking down this type of tweet is just perfect for a podcast. So here we go. DDG tweeted today's rappers are 10 times better than the rappers back in the day. Respectfully. Thank you for adding that in. I feel like that absolves you of any disrespect that you threw before that word came in. Here's what I'll say. Like I said, on the surface, that tweet sounds ludicrous. Not the old rapper, or I, sh- I guess I should have said pun intended. See, I'm not, I'm not as quick witted as I would like to be. Regardless, let me just move on. That tweet in the surface is just a complete bold-faced lie. But let's just just logic just for this. Like I actually, if you think about this logically, I do think today's rappers are better than old school rappers. And here's why. Logically speaking, they should. Like, think about how hip hop has changed since the late 70s, right? Like, it's actually obviously much bigger. And so with anything, with any sort of art or anybody or anything, it always just progresses. So I think on its surface, if you don't even want to think about it, you know, realistically or whatever, if you want to think about it logically, I do think rappers are better than old school rappers simply because of what is expected of a rapper nowadays where like a rapper really has to do a lot more than just rhyme words you know i feel like rappers back in the day all they had really had to focus on was the bars and the flow i feel like now you have to worry about so fucking much you have to worry about your social media presence you have to worry about you know being able to carry a fucking melody because if you don't you're not going to succeed nowadays right focusing on your visuals like there's so much more pressure nowadays the amount of people doing rapping right nowadays is way more than it was back in the day i feel like by him saying today's rapper are better than the rappers back in the day people are taking it as like today's rappers rap better than people back in the day but nowhere in the tweet does it say that He's just saying the rappers are better overall. And I agree with that because you just have to be good at so much more. And again, as things evolve, people are always going to be better. Like filmmakers nowadays are better than filmmakers back in the day, simply because of the tools that they have and the knowledge that they have and the experience and the pressures. And just, that's just how life continues to go. As generations continue to come in, they just get better and better. Just 
you know, because the, the, the bare minimum or the lowest you can go raises up a little bit each time. So, you know, if you think about it as overall, as rappers being artists in general, I think that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, I do think today's rappers are better, but if you want to just talk about just rapping, probably not, <laughs> but you know, maybe even in that way too, because I mean, I feel like now you have to kind of get creative with how you rap in terms of like rapping back in the days probably was better, but it, I wouldn't say it was more listenable. I don't think it was more enjoyable than rap is now because you take somebody like Lil Baby, for example, who's combining, mm -hmm. who's one of the main artists, main rappers nowadays that's combining like actual substance in their lyrics in like melodic trap, like enjoyable, almost party music flows and attitudes to that substance. I think that's the thing that old school rapping doesn't have a lot at all. Like the rapping itself is fucking borderline unlistenable because he's just very dry. It's like, it's very like corny. You could say it because that's just what it was. You know, rap had just kind of started existing back then. So, you know, I, even the rapping part is definitely more enjoyable now. Just someone rapping than it was back in the day, in my opinion. But again, if you want to get granular with this, it's obvious that in terms of bars of substance, DDG's not rapping about the shit that people back in the day were rapping about. And, you know, that's the thing that's interesting. It's like somebody from nowadays probably doesn't want to hear all that shit because it's very, it's almost like a TED talk. It's like, especially to the newer generation of rap fans right now, if they go back and listen to old rap, it feels like a TED talk in rap form. As opposed to that's just cool rap music. What's cool evolves over time. So I feel like if rapping in hip hop is all about what's cool, then of course today's rappers are going to be better than rappers back in the day. Because what was cool back in the day is not what's cool now and therefore is worse. You know, and at the end of the day, like I said, rapping in hip hop seems to be dominated by just what's cool? What's cool? You know, being melodic is cool, you know, being part of the board, Ape yacht club is cool. So if you have that as a rapper, I guess that's just what's cool. You know, the old school rappers didn't have no fucking board, Ape NFTs. So how could they ever be better? <laughs> all right, man, that's that. That's all I really got to say about that. I think as artists, yeah, maybe bar for bar, maybe not. But at the end of the day, who cares about bars for bars, you know? Especially nowadays, that shit does not matter. All right, those were all the topics that I wanted to talk about for this episode. Now, before we end the episode, I want to do this segment once again. I think it's a great segment to do, especially on these solo episodes, and it's called The Empty Pick of the Week, where every week I pick something to be the thing that people should check out. For this week, my empty pick is going to be Tana Leone's latest album, Sleepy Soldier. If you don't know who Tana Leone is, you better fix that because he's going to be a very big artist, especially considering he's one of the first artists that Kendrick Lamar has signed for his new label, PG Land. He's been dropping a couple of singles here and there that have been kind of interesting because it sounds nothing like you would think a Kendrick Lamar signed artist would sound like. But it actually kind of makes sense because I think he could be someone as big as like Dominic Fight, for example, who makes kind of like genre-less music. In a way, that's what I really loved about this album. It's like he can go from just like a typical kind of hip-hop R&B type sound, then he can go to an 80s pop sound, 
Then he can go to a melodic trap sound and then even do indie folk. Like he can do it all. Obviously, if you listen to music, you'll hear a lot of obvious Kid Cudi and Travis Scott influence. But I think his music is unique enough where like you can hear the influences, but it still sounds like something original. And it makes sense now that he's label mates with Baby Keem because listening to him is kind of how I felt when I listened to Baby Keem. Where I was just like, oh, wow, this music is very unique. It's cool. It's great music. And I can already tell a lot of people are going to gravitate towards this person. That's the same way that I feel about Tenny Leone. So yeah, definitely make sure to check out his new album, Sleepy Soldier. But all right, that is it for this episode of the Empty Opinions Podcast. This has been episode 172, the one and only episode 172. I don't give a fuck what you think you saw. This is a real episode 172 when there has never been any other episode titled 172. I've been your host, Aladi Polanco, and the way I'm going to end the episode is how I end every episode. It is with an outro song. The song that I'm picking is not going to be Tena Leone because, I don't know, it would make sense if I picked a song from his album, but no. The song that I'm going to choose is one song that connects directly to what I was talking about in the intro of the podcast. So it's like, guys, I kind of feel like I have a crush, and that's a great feeling to have. This is a song right now that I'm connecting directly to that feeling. And it is Don Tolliver's You, featuring Travis Scott of his last album, Life of a Don. And also it makes sense that I'm playing a Don Tolliver song because he was the saving grace of that awful Justin Bieber song. So, and if Justin Bieber gets mad that I said that, look, I'm just being honest. All right, that's going to be it for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And I'll catch you guys next week. You couldn't get any better, baby Your lips taste like candy, can you tell?
real estate. Oh, you like to ride the wood, wanna see you do it like we in age. Please don't make me think of it like you can't be a deep To be dirty, I'm talking back like a replay. No, you love to play games, but it ain't no reason. Around my turn, they know my name. I put it on easy.